0: Lord God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for this time. God, we pray that you would speak to us. Open our hearts, open our minds. We want to hear your voice, Lord. You say your sheep hear your voice. God, would you speak to us in Jesus' name? Amen. John 10, John ten, beginning in verse 1. Jesus says these words. They will appear up here. If you've got your Bibles, please feel free to look at them, or your pretend Bibles on your iPads or on your iPods. So... Truly I tell you Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd. I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me. I lay it down of my own accord. This command I receive from my Father. Sheep. Sheep and shepherds. So this was an amazing message that Jesus gave them in this moment. This was absolutely incredible. This would have been like a verbal stun grenade to his audience. Shepherding was one of the oldest professions. We see it first of all in Genesis chapter 4. Abel is a shepherd and uh, this carries on. This motif carries on throughout the Scriptures shepherds were not highly looked upon right in the ancient world going way back to the time of Abraham in Mesopotamia the shepherds were always the outcasts of society they were the people that nobody paid any attention to and then as they went on we find that in Egypt and when the Israelites go to Egypt the shepherds were seen as as outcasts because of a lot of what they had to do meant that they couldn't be ritualistically pure they weren't able to maintain a lot of the stringent religious uh, traditional things that had to be done because of the nature of their work. And this carried on into the time of Jesus, where at that time, you know the scriptures they'll often talk about, Jesus sat down with with sinners, notoriously bad sinners. Now that doesn't just mean people who were a little bit naughty. No, it, that, that actually the Pharisees had seven sinner professions. Don't ask me how they chose these sinner professions, but there were, there were essentially seven different professions that if you did that profession, you were deemed to be a sinner. And shepherding was one of those. In fact, it was number four on the list of the most notoriously sinful kinds of trades that you could be involved in. And for the same reasons, they weren't able to attend synagogues, they weren't able to attend the temple because of not being ritualistically pure. And so this would have been like a verbal stun grenade, Jesus saying, I am the good shepherd. I am like... A shepherd. Um, often, this was they were seen this way because they would go into other people's uh, fields, and their sheep would eat from their, uh, from other people's fields. They were just very looked down upon. And Jesus here, he expands the boundary lines of the flock. Everything here is all about grace. The motif of sheep and shepherd. It's all about a God who loves us. And and I would go so far as to say that in these short verses in the Scriptures here in John chapter 10. Actually, Jesus tells us the truth about everything. He tells us the truth about God. He tells us the truth about us. He tells us the truth about life and He tells us the truth about love. So we're just going to look very quickly at some of those things, the truth about us. Now, this may sound offensive, but ladies and gentlemen, we are like sheep. As Flick said to us last week, we are we have a lot of sheep tendencies. Sheep are mentioned seven hundred and fifty times in the scriptures. The fact is that we are very similar to sheep. Sheep are not stunningly clever. Okay, We kind of get the idea that we are pretty clever, that we are pretty important sheep. We're not, are not stunningly clever. You don't often find performing sheep, right? Nobody goes to the circus to see Sean the trapezing sheep, right? We don't do that. We go to the Sea Life Centre. We, 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 we see these different things. We aren't particularly impressive. In fact, sheep... Sheep need a lot of help. If a sheep falls over on its back, it can't actually get up. Uh, so if any of you have ever seen a sheep in the field and you're cruel like me, it's quite amusing. They're there flapping their little legs about with their little Doc Martyrs. Okay, they don't know where Doc Martins is. But they're there, they're flapping their legs about, and they can't get up. They need a shepherd to come alongside them and help restore their centre of balance and actually get them back up on their feet. In fact, the shepherding term for doing that is called to restore. The Scriptures talk a lot of the time about God restoring our souls and it uses this particular uh, symbolism there. Now if they can't get back up on their feet, you know what happens? This is quite sad for any of you sheep or little lamb lovers here. But if they can't get back onto their feet, a gas builds up within them and it builds up and builds up until they eventually die. Yeah, I'm sorry mum, seriously. Eventually they, they will die, this gas will build up inside of them and if nobody comes alongside to help them eventually they will die. And, and, and again, we, we can be so much like that, can't we? We fall down. We do stupid things and we, we fall over and we can't get back up again. Have you ever been in a situation like that and you think, I don't know what to do here. And some people, they don't even try. They flap their legs around for a little while and in the end, they just give up and they don't bother dealing with that stuff and the gas builds up and builds up and builds up, and builds up until eventually, spiritually, they die. Or if they don't die, they just stink. People full of gas do not smell good, do they? And it just gets worse and worse and worse. We are a lot like sheep. We wander. We fall. We fall into ditches. We find ourselves in all kinds of troubles. Sheep do stupid things in herds. I believe in community, but you know, sometimes groupthink is actually incredibly dangerous. Sometimes when we just believe what everybody else around us believes, we can end up in all kinds of problems. It is known for sheep, a whole herd to just wander off a cliffside. Why? Because, well, duh, everybody else is doing it. So I might as well just go and do the same. And... and I believe in the, the, the power of us. I believe that together we are able to do amazing things. But if that gets turned in a bad way, then we can end up falling into all kinds of different problems. In fact, sociologists have said that statistically, the the bigger the group of people, the less likely it will be that actually somebody will step up and and do something about a situation. So there's a very famous case in New York where there was a crowd of over a 100 people and they all witnessed a, a a horrific murder and nobody did anything. Why? Because everybody presumed that somebody else would do something about it. And we can be Like sheep, we can be like sheep, and that's the truth. The truth about God Jesus says in this moment, I am the good shepherd. God, I want to tell you today, God is good, God is a good God. I don't know what your view of God is today, I don't know what you might be going through, but I want to tell you, our God is a good. God, He has good things planned for you. God is in a good mood. He is not angry with you. He thinks that you are amazing. In Luke chapter 15, Jesus tells these three stories and he starts off with a lady that loses a coin and she searches everywhere to find this coin. And then a shepherd that loses a sheep and he goes and he finds the sheep and then a son who, who goes AWOL on his dad. He goes, uh, the, 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 We know this story as the prodigal son and prodigal means way. He begins to waste his life. Anybody here feel like they've wasted their life at times? They've wasted opportunities. And he goes off and he finally comes to himself, the Bible says. When when everything's gone, when he's in the when he's eating pig food and when he's just at the end of himself, he finally comes round and thinks. I need to go back to my dad, but he's never going to accept me. So he begins to think, well, well, I'm just going to go back and I'm going to say, dad, I will be a slave in your household. And the scriptures say, Jesus in this story, he says that the dad is he's waiting at the door. He's looking out. He had no idea what day the son was going to come back, which which makes me believe that he must have been waiting there every day, every day looking out. And when he sees his son, the Bible says still really far away, he runs after him. He goes running, spring at full pelt something that no respectable man in that time would have done and he goes and before his son can even get the first phrase out of his mouth the scriptures say that his dad gives him this massive bear hug falls on his neck kissing him saying my boy you are home you are home doesn't matter where you have been it doesn't matter what has happened God's arms shown in the cross are always 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 open and he's always waiting he's always looking he's always got his eye on the horizon saying are they coming are they coming are they coming back and when he sees you first opportunity he gets he will run full pelt to love on you it wasn't I was remembering my kids um sports day earlier on this year And I don't know what it is. Maybe it's something to do with the name, but Joe... Other Joe Gisby and Joe Gisby myself, when we, when we saw our kids were about to come up to the plate, when they were about to go up to the starting line, all inhibition is gone. Everything is dropped at that moment. My arms start to flail. I start to run alongside the run track. Come on, Luca, you can do it. Everybody's looking at me. This guy's absolutely nuts. Probably they've got some truth in that. I'm running alongside him. And, and Luca looked at me in one moment with just a massive smile, basking in that moment of pride. I want to tell you, your dad is like that and he is cheering you on god is a good god and the rules and the boundaries and the things that he gives us as that good shepherd are all because he is good he is not some big cosmic love joy in the sky saying oh no 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 less fun over there stop doing that that's not good he's not flicks talked didn't he last week about some of those things that some of those things that god gives us rules about it's because he loves us Like sheep, we could be out with our friends and everybody else is getting wasted. So let's get wasted as well, right? But God says, don't do that. Why? Because he knows we're going to do stupid things if we do that. At the very least, you'll arrive back home and hug the ceramic bowl that was never meant to be a home for your face. Right? I mean, you know, at the very least, that stupidity that comes about. God wants to protect us from being hurt. He knows way better than us. Nietzsche, the philosopher in the 18th century, in his uh, writing on the death of God and nihilism, in a piece called Zarathustra, he said this, he got in his mind an idea about a bad shepherd and he said he had to die. He saw with eyes that saw everything. Man's depths in all his concealed disgrace and ugliness. His pity knew no shame. He crawled into my dirtiest nooks, the most curious, over-obtrusive, over-pitying one had to die. Didn't believe in the goodness of God. And what a tragedy that so often we can be in the sheepfold, but we don't know the shepherd. We don't know the shepherd that loves us. God is good. God is good. Jesus tells us the truth about life. The symbol of shepherding in, in Jesus' time went very much back to this idea of the desert, the wilderness. They didn't shepherd their sheep in, in lush country land. We, we read Psalm 23 and we read, the Lord is my shepherd, I, I lack nothing, he leads me into green pastures and we, and we see like belly deep uh, Swishing grass before us. That is not what it would have been like. The desert was a place where it was dry. The desert in Hebrew, the word midbar means the place where God speaks to us. It's the place where we, where it, it, the, the various words come from it that you'll see up here. Dibar is, is the word for a sheepfold. It's where God gathers his sheep to himself and speaks to them. Uh, it's a the place where God makes his presence known to us. Shepherds were almost always young girls or young uh, adolescent boys in Jesus' time. The Bedouin tribes of today show us kind of a lot about what it would have been like. So they would have almost always been these young people out there looking after their sheep they would always go in pairs why because if the if the shepherd girl died or the shepherd boy died the sheep wouldn't follow anybody else because they learned to know the voice of their shepherd i was in israel um once with my with my granddad amazing opportunity um, came up and i was there and we were on our way back from the dead sea and we stopped to get some drinks at this place and we saw on the on the hillside we saw that there were four shepherds and there were just like hundreds of sheep there and my granddad had this glint in his eye. He was like, I know. He knew what was coming. He said, sit down and watch. Watch what happens over there. I was watching for a bit. I said to him, what's going to happen? He said, just, just watch. In, in a minute, they're going to they're have to separate out. And I was like, how on earth is that going to happen? How are they going to know where, where, where to go? And the shepherds just began to walk in different directions. And they would, some would whistle. Some would just start to sing or speak stuff. And slowly, all of the sheep separated out and followed their shepherd. So absolutely amazing shepherds in jesus's time you know that that's the image that we see he's coming up to christmas god went first of all to the shepherds went to let them know that jesus was being born to let them know that god was about to invade human history in an amazing way he went to the outcasts he went to the people that nobody else cared about Isn't i find that absolutely amazing absolutely incredible So the green pastures, they would have looked like this. Basically, the humidity would have come across the side of the hillside and provide just enough grass. Uh, A rabbi at the time of Jesus said that worry is trying to deal with tomorrow's problems with the pastures of today. God is always a God of enough. He will always make sure that you've got enough for whatever situation you are facing. My sheep hear me and they know my voice. The shepherd would have to take them to still waters. I don't know about you, but to me that looks like still waters. But do you know the biggest cause of death in the desert is from flooding, dying by being drowned in a flood. Because essentially what happens is people will go down into these wadis and what happens is the rain builds up during the rainy season. It goes into the rocks. It doesn't have anywhere to go. And so what happens is suddenly there'll be a break in the um, in the rocks and water will come gushing out and it will only take if you're in the bottom of that wadi it will only take half an hour and you will be drowned David said didn't he in the Psalms he said I'm stuck in the miry clay stuck we need somebody to help us life was never meant to be lived on our own and uh, I don't know if you know this but sheep that can only see 15 yards ahead of themselves. That's as far as they can see, which is why it's so important to be in a flock. It's so important to be surrounded by other people that help us know which way to go, that help that together we hear the voice of our shepherd and together we go after him. It is all about relationship for Jesus. It's all about coming to this place of relationship with God. And um, I really felt as I was preparing for this, that God saying to me, you know, a lot of people, they live in a place of their commission. And our commission gives us authority. Jesus said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, now you go. And as a side note, if all authority has been given to Jesus, that means that the enemy has no authority, right? All authority has been given to him. And we have a commission to go, much like an ambassador for a nation goes to another nation carrying the authority of the king. Now I worked in the British Embassy in in Colombia for a time and just recently they've had Prince Charles go out. Now when Prince Charles went out, it was a whole different matter to if if the ambassador is speaking to the president. It's very, very different. Why? Because there is a difference of position based on relationship with the king. Now how much more is that amplified if there is a son who knows his father's heart, who knows what his father wants. They can speak with a whole different level of authority. So authority comes based on our commission, but real power comes based on our encounter with God. Real power comes from the time we spend in the secret place, listening to our shepherd's voice, being t- tuned to what he says and beginning to respond to that. So Jesus tells us the truth about life. He tells us the truth about love. Jesus sacrificed himself for us. Nobody will ever love you. Nobody will ever love me like Jesus loves me. He sacrificed himself for us. And would you lay down your life? Jesus calls us to be sheep. There's this amazing story. I'm not going to read it right now. But in Matthew 25, Jesus says that at the end, at the great harvest, that the sheep nations and the goat nations will come together. And uh, Jesus says that he will say to the sheep that when they did all these different things for the least person, it would be as if they had done it for him. And he'll say to the goats, depart. Because as you didn't do any of these things, it was like as if you didn't do those things for me. This picture here shows a mixture of Middle Eastern sheep sheep. And Middle Eastern goats. You will notice that there is very little difference between the two. It's very easy for us to be in the crowd to know the right times to say amen, to know the right times to lift our voices, to lift our hands, to do all of those things. But what Jesus is really looking for are people that listen to His voice. A goat butts, and they butt with their head. A lot of people here, they might but against God a lot with their head there's a lot of people and I I mean we we get this loads because we get to speak to lots of people who who are are looking for God to help and we'll explain some we'll be like well you know God really wants to do this and they'll say yeah I know that but but my head knows that but it's not here it's not here and we can be goats so often we can look right because God's saying, I want sheep, I want people that spend time in the secret place, that hear my voice and know my voice and follow me. People that will follow. All this year we've been looking at that, that, that subject of following God. And I wanna challenge you, I wanna leave you with a challenge today. Are you listening to the voice of your shepherd? Do you know his voice? Are you spending time in that intimate place with him. That is where power will come from. That is where what you need will come from, being in that place with the shepherd, being close to him. Lord God, we want to be people that follow you. We wanna be people that know your voice. We wanna be people, Lord God, that that are overwhelmed by you. Lord God, you are the only one that tells us the truth about you, the truth about us, the truth about life, and the truth about love. Lord God, you are the way, the truth, and the life, and we want to be people that follow you. Lord, I pray for anybody who feels like they're on their back with their legs flailing up in the sky, not knowing how to get back on their feet today. I pray that that you, the Good Shepherd, that you would come close, that you would restore us Put back that centre of balance in our lives, Lord God. I pray for anybody that feels like they just can't hear you, that feel like they are too far away from that place of hearing your voice. I pray, Lord, that you would speak in your love, in your mercy, in your tenderness. For anybody that doesn't see you in that way, that that, that sees you as that bad shepherd, like we read about, Lord God, I pray that you would come and open our eyes and we would see you for who you really are. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you that you love us so much that you're willing to come, to live, to die, to rise again so that we could be free. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Community Church. May you follow the voice of the shepherd this week. God bless you. Thank you.